It's taken years and years. Everyone's blessed with one special thing. Thousands of listener requests for more local programming on the weekends on 710 ESPN. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And more cam bros on the radio. You all know exactly who I am. Say my name. And now, after hosting the popular late night happy hour on Twitter during the pandemic. So so successful was the late night happy hour that we already have a spinoff. You You get to do it on actual radio. We've given the people what they wanted. Say my name. The Kamenetsky brothers have their own show. the Saturday morning happy hour with Andy and Brian Kamenetsky. The Camrose. Oh, what a day. What a lovely day. It's fun. It's smart. It's the most fun you can have on a Saturday morning. Um, actually pretty nice little Saturday. Time for your Saturday morning happy hour. Right, right now. Good morning, everyone. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It's the Saturday morning happy hour here on 710 ESPN. Uh, great, great show set up for you today. Uh, we talked to John Shambi. Boog, his friends call him, Andy. They do call so, him Boog. That's right. Um, so that's at 930. Uh, we'll get a little Dodgers, a little baseball, and uh, Mina Kimes uh, at 1030. We'll talk NFL. And I don't know the, her growing media empire. Like, well, what isn't media, Mina doing these days? I was going to say specifically, we need to talk with Mina about what it's like to work with Key, because we don't know if she's ever worked with Key before to what degree. And they're about to become co-hosts. That's um, right. So we, we need to we need to see uh, what she knows, if she needs any advice, you know, any, anything we can help us, you know, make this transition as easy as possible. Does she know, for example, that Keyshawn is actually a 78-year-old man? Uh, I don't not know. Physically, not physically, but mentally. I feel <laughs> in a lot of ways like he is a guy in his rocking chair telling those punk teenagers to get off his lawn. Like that, there's a lot of that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Um, quick reminder to people as well, the, the uh, late night happy hour which we host every night, uh, weeknight, I should say, from uh, 10 to 11. Uh, go check out uh, our feed, Cam Brothers, on Twitter, the station's uh, Twitter feed and Periscope feeds, and also the Facebook page. Uh, last night's guest, Flea. Um, so that interview is available there. Really worth checking out after you're done, of course, listening to today's show. Um, so go back and take a look at that. And we also have some great shows coming up this week, which we'll tell you about uh, before we're done. So... Andy, um, I am looking right now at a picture of Hassan Whiteside of the Portland Trailblazers sitting in his, what I assume is his quarantine bed, using the Disney filter on Instagram. So he's got like a little Mickey Mouse nose, and he's got Mickey Mouse ears. Uh, We are neck deep, it's fair to say, in bubble life. Like, bubble life has taken over social media in ways that I think are absolutely spectacular. Oh, yeah. It's been phenomenal. Uh, you know, we've got the Toby and Bobby show uh, reunited. Yes. Um, you know, uh, Boban and Toby Her- uh, Tobias Harris, who were Toby. Real- His Toby's call him Toby. Well, <laughs> Bobby calls him Toby. That's Bobby right. absolutely calls him Toby. And they're, you know, uh, they're does inseparable. Does call him Toby? We'll, we'll, we'll ask him. We'll, find we'll him ask him if he does. My guess but is it- that he does not, but we'll ask. Uh, because we ask the important questions, but you know, you see 
Toby and Bobby separated by a hotel balcony and Boban pleading to uh, Tobias Harris, I guess, to either hang out or play, you know, one more video game and Tobias letting him know, no, man, you're the enemy. Not yeah, having it. To it. Um, you know, Dion Waiters uh, of the Lakers dancing. And, like, Dion, say what you will. You like Dion, you don't like Dion. But, like, Dion Waiters is excellent at social media, excellent at Instagram, and has great style. You know what I just learned? happy to be there wearing his uh, polka dot shorts. He's good to go. I just learned that uh, everyone talks about uh, Waiters Island. And, you know, it's both like his his isolation style of play, you know, like he's out on an island and also increasingly uh, the few amount of people willing to actually back Dion Waiters as a player. You're out on Waiters Island. He actually has a website of merch. And it's called waitersisland.com. I was not aware of this, but it's amazing. Good for him for leaning into that. I didn't yeah, even I know he, I didn't even know he knew about that because it was kind of like a basketball Twitter thing. I, I did not even know that Dion Waiters was aware that Waiters Island was something that existed. No, I, no. See, like here's the thing. I'm not at all surprised he'd know it's something that exists uh, or that is that it's a thing. But it, good for him for leaning into it in the way that he has because. That shows that he doesn't take himself uh, too seriously because Deion Waiters is a guy who has been picked on um, a ton, like a, a great deal. Uh, not necessarily picked on, but he, he faces. A lot I, of I was going to say some of which he be- some of much of I mean, which I, he I, I don't. I don't himself. think. Yes, you know, I don't think getting suspended uh, by your team because you had an incident involving gummies on the team plane is getting picked on. For example, that doesn't feel like why are they all? Yes, why are they always going after me? (laughs) What what did I do? (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, you did that. Oh, you know, and it's it's not the first thing. You know, it's not the first thing with Dion. I mean, Dion's brought some of this on himself. But that being said, picked on. He's been. He has faced great criticism. How about this? Yes. Um, Some of it deserved, and so you know, to to lean into it that way is is really impressive. one of the things that that is oh by the way i want to recommend yeah. to for people who are unaware of it uh because we're talking about the uh nba bubble follow nba bubble life on twitter mm-hmm. basically it's just all clips of nba players and their you know their viral yeah, it, stuff it, from it the aggreg- bubble it just aggregates yes it's really fun it's gone from like 52 like followers on like earlier in the week to almost 20,000 today. Yeah. So it's, it good is, for, it good is for whoever created it. Good for NBA bubble life. Um, it seems like players are starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Like the big first day or two, it was all about how terrible the food is and how awful everything looks um, and, and all that. And it does seem that as players get there, and get a little bit more comfortable and understand like what it is. You see some of the nervousness go away. You get a better feel for what things look like. I'm not, I'm not really surprised because two things are happening here that, that ought to make this experience as good as it can be for NBA players. It's not going to be fun. You're away from your families. Can't leave campus. Can't see other people and all that other stuff. But the NBA is well known for treating its players very well for, you know, the all-star game for the finals, all this, you know, players lounges and, you know, the, the setup and the amenities being very, very good. 
And then Disney is known for treating its guests really well. Yeah. So when you put those things together, it makes sense at least. And you know, you start to see the players lounge and all these other things and Chris Paul and the rest of the Thunder playing, uh, you know, cor- cornhole on the lawn. It's not that bad. I mean, you know, well, ho- hopefully, I mean, we'll, we'll know that everybody has settled into the bubble and it's, you know, that it's really going well and it's not that bad when J.R. Smith stops complaining. Like J.R. came out of the gate in Orlando just firing off videos of complaints, complaining about the snacks, complaining about the the thin blanket that was, I guess, all, you know, the NBA blanket, not his actual bed blanket um, that that was provided. And he was just going off on what Instagram does Live. Need and, a thick blanket for? Well, uh, here's the, according to J.R. and I I don't know if this was him messing around. I don't know if he was being completely serious about it. But at one point during uh, his IG live sessions, he said, I actually watched him say this in a video. Oh man, they mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Just yep. got the text exposing too much bleep. Gotta go. My bad. Again, the I'm NBA not sure. Is if- apparently not happy though. That's come in a couple spots. Like the NBA is not thrilled with some of the reviews that guys are delivering online. And it does seem like a message has gone out like dudes, it's mostly, and I'll tell you why, it's probably, it probably has very little to do with the sensitivity of, like, come on, you're making us look bad, we're doing the best we can, like, the food is, it looks, it looks bad for the league when these guys complain about it. Sure. Even if, because most people don't sit here and look at it the way kind of we are, where it isn't going to be fun. They, they're like, a lot of people who don't have jobs, whatever it might be, just love basketball. See these guys out at Disney World. They're being taken care of in in, a, in nice hotels, and you know they're going to get paid and all this other stuff. Complaining about the quality of your lunch isn't a good look, especially well, as as coronavirus explodes in Florida. Well, and in particular too, if you're Jr. Like <laughs> if you're Jr. Smith, I mean, talk about you know a guys who you know we were talking about before with Dion have brought some issues upon themselves. Yes. But had Avery Bradley not had a family situation that I think very understandably uh, led to him opting to uh, not join the team in the bubble, there's a really good chance J.R. Smith would not be in the bubble at all. You know, there's a very good chance that had the Lakers not had this opening, you know, it's not impossible that he could have latched on with another team, but it's not a given. And it's certainly... I'd say impossible that he would have latched onto a team where he actually had a chance of winning a championship. Like if you're J.R. Smith, you can't pull this off. Like you just no. can't. Like you, you just got back into the league after essentially ostracizing your way out. Like you just can't. Yeah, look, it, look, I'm a little torn. <laughs> I'm a little torn here because if you go to tw- if you go to Twitter right now and just or, or you know Instagram and just search for J.R. The stuff is is hilarious. I mean, his reviews of these things are absolutely hilarious. But it is a bad look. It's <laughs> so a bad look. I don't know what to say because I, I want to keep reading it. I want to keep looking at it. The picture of JR just holding up his little microwave Velveeta shelled uh, <laughs> in cheese with a sad look on his face is is spectacular. But he probably should quit. It's probably no, true. I mean, he, he's not the guy... That can pull. I think like Jr. is a guy who reputationally can't pull it off, and then a guy like LeBron, 
I don't think could pull it off either because if you're seen as one of those more money than God type guys, like you've got to be so like maybe Caruso could pull it off. Like, right, he's maybe. Somebody, like he's somebody who, you know, is beloved enough and also hasn't made so much money that, you know, that you couldn't have any sympathy towards him whatsoever. Like it's, right. it's gotta be, it's gotta be like the right guy. And, and even if he does get paid, like Caruso's kind of worked his way up, man. He's right. He's one exactly. of us. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago that Caruso was making the exact same salary of the people who'd be put off by this. I swear, I swear, this is absolutely 100% true. 11 months ago, I I had a work thing at night. My my wife needed the car. I called an Uber. Alex Caruso was my driver. 100% true. Um, so, like, the guy's been doing stuff to make ends meet for a while. Um, is, uh, and we all know LeBron, by the way, like, his room, whatever food they're getting, LeBron's room is like the scene in, in Goodfellas where they're smuggling the steaks and Italian food and mozzarella into the prison. Like, like LeBron's not eating that. He's eating whatever he wants. Um, all right, so a, a lot to do today. John Shambi's going to join us in about 15 minutes. Uh, before that, though, Andy, the NBA... Say what you will about the food or J.R. Smith's review of the bubble. They are doing something very right compared to other leagues trying to get off the ground. We'll tell you what that is next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Saturday morning happy hour, 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with the Cam Brothers. Unfortunately, he discovered too late that hermano in Spanish meant brother. Live and local on 710. Now Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 a.m. after Dr. Clapper. Oh, do you think so, doctor? This is the Saturday Morning Happy Hour on 710 ESPN. All right, Andy, um, I have... Over the course of, of two and a half minutes or whatever you had in the commercial, done a complete 180. Um, I now believe that not only should the NBA allow J.R. Smith to do whatever the heck he wants on social media, he should be put in charge of NBA social media. Because if you go back and watch some of these things again, they really are too funny not to. And you owe him an apology because he was talking about his actual blanket. Not like the little NBA blanket. His bed didn't have a blanket. He need. No, he was. Needs a, no, Smith he was. He was holding. He, he was holding that little blanket in the plastic. Yes, he was. I well, watched him there's do. A, well, you have to go back and watch another one. He's feeling his actual sleeping bed, and it doesn't have a blanket on it. He's upset because his ha- and that's probably then probably held up the little NBA one. Like this is all I got. Like I don't. My bed doesn't have a blanket. Somebody get J.R. Smith a blanket. Wait, they, this is what. Call when people service. say that, Call, that I mean, the wait. league is biased against the Lakers, this is what they're talking about. They're I trying mean, to take J.R. Smith, who is an integral part of this team, off of his game. I mean, he's more of a Laker <laughs> in finger quotes. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a Laker. It starts with J.R. Smith in this insidious plan, works its way up. So that the Please. NBA trying to keep LeBron from getting... I mean, just title. ask, just call LeBron to, you know call one of his many blanket factories that he has on the side <laughs> and have him send him a blanket. I mean, my God, call room service. Like you're acting like this J.R. Smith's first time in a hotel. Call room service. The guy's been in the NBA for like 15 years. You know how to handle this. Andy, when you are J.R. Smith, 
you should have a blanket on your bed. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, NBA bubble. Whatever. Life. Get over it, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> call room service. It ain't. It ain't cold. Right. I mean, um, like, it, this ain't Nam. Like, call room service. But it's gonna. It's gonna be really fascinating to watch. Like how this develops. Guys are either going to get kind of bored. I think posting everything on Instagram, everything on on Twitter, everything through you know TikTok or whatever, and kind of stop doing it. Or it's going to go like 180 degrees in the other direction. They're going to keep doing it, and they're all going to get really weird. Like the isolation and the time there and all that and the routine, it's just going to make everybody very strange. Like Jack Nicholson style in The Shining Strange without the murder. Well, it's early. <laughs> right, but <I'm> just, <laughs> let's, let's, let's not make any promises that we can't I don't keep want people right. To, right. I don't want people to think that I'm saying that guys are going to go on like – psychotic killing sprees i don't think that's going to happen they but you're not definitively though. saying they won't well, I, I can't i don't have a crystal ball <laughs> i can't see the future <laughs> i'm just saying it could get weird it could get oh really i think it's going to get Orlando. weird though i think it's definitely going to get weird i mean th these guys after a while even after you know teams start getting eliminated and you start uh let you start i don't want to say loosening up the quarantine rules because ultimately these guys have to stay separated they have to stay in the bubble, but they're going to start having a little more free reign. They may get joined by family members, things like that, but it's going to get weird. I mean, any, any time you spend that long in one place, like, you know, unless it's just like a pure vacation, like you're on, you know, you're on a resort, just purely vacationing. I know, for example, like I've been on long work trips before. Like I remember mm -hmm. when I, when I covered uh, the 2010, Lakers Celtics finals the way it broke down because that's back when they used to do the two two at home three on the road two at home I basically spent a week in Boston you know by the end of that week I was I was getting a little bit stir crazy just from having and, been and, in a hotel and, a lot and that was a week <laughs> that's that my was, point like you're not that's talking my about point. eight months of business travel something that was supposed to be a three-hour tour suddenly turning into you know oh that was a week in Boston where you I did go outside you I did like yeah, I mean, I did years ago, like 96 hours or something in Vegas because I got sent there to cover the Lakers in the Summer League. After like 96 hours in Vegas, I was like, get me the bleep out of here. Well, like, get me out of here. Vegas is a great. Hours. It's, Vegas, though, is a great comparison to the quarantine in a lot of ways because of the, of the sort of reality-altering way that Vegas is constructed. Like we we went made a horrible mistake. Uh, oh yeah, I know where you're going. Um, we went to a wedding in Vegas, and we were much younger. And I mean, and this is saying something. Much poorer. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we were like, let's let's do this. We'll go. We'll do the wedding, and we won't get a room. We'll just take the first flight out in the morning. We're rock stars. It'll be awesome. What we learned is Vegas is not set up for you to just kind of casually sit somewhere. No. And whatever. There are no chairs in Las Vegas that are not connected to a hotel, to a casino table, to a gaming table, or a restaurant. So you or need a bar. to be spending, or a bar. You need to be spending money if you want to sit. And we didn't have any money left at that point because well, I we had lost whatever we had. I was going to say, we already lost. Um, both, both of us did bad at the tables uh, that night. We both had drank so much that we we're like, I can't do it anymore. Like, can't I, do actually, anymore. I, actually, I can't drink anymore. Well, if you recall, I actually threw up at McCarran 
before we got on our flight. That's like I went, right. a, I went into a bathroom in McCarran, threw up, and I was like, all right, ready to get, ready to go back to L.A. I was like, I was like Ray Liotta in uh, Goodfellas. You know, he gets in the limo, takes those pills without any water. He's like, now take me to jail. That, that's, how, <laughs> that's how I was. <laughs> went to the McCarran Air- Airport, threw up in the bathroom, and got on my flight, went to LAX. That's, like a man. Way, very, very poor airplane etiquette right now, especially. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> you are, people are going to give you the side eye if you do that. If you're flying somewhere, do not throw up in plain view of the other passengers. Well, if you, if you throw up, don't get on the plane. No, I was in a bag. Really I be careful. I, right. I, no, I wasn't I in view of the other people. I, I didn't use a bag. I, I was in a bathroom in the airport. It was not even on the plane. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, um, right. I'm not an animal. Let's, let's get I'm not a savage. <laughs> I wasn't raised um, by wolves. So it's, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the, 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 how this goes because you know teams are going to leave is it get better or worse as other nba players leave but theoretically guys can be joined by their wives or girlfriends i don't see think you're going to see a lot of players bring their kids especially if they're school age like they gotta go to school and it's like it's a weird thing you know you got babies or something like that you could get it done but it's not easy to live in a in a, in a hotel room with a baby for three months or for, for a week or two weeks or three. So it just depends a little bit on the setup, but I, the teams that are there for a while are going to go through these long, like evolutions where one week they're going to be like super cheerful and all that. Like the next week it's going to be terrible. And then the third week they're going to be like weird and conspiratorial and pulling on their beards and stuff. And like, I, I, I am here to see how this goes. I am, I am fascinated by the mental aspect of this as much as I am the basketball. Yeah, there's no question. It's it's going to get weird, and and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, all right, so we'll get back to basketball in a few minutes because I have seen in the NBA, Andy has posted, footage of Zion Williamson, who by now most basketball fans know got shredded during the pandemic. Like, that's what he yeah. was doing. Yeah. Um, looks amazing. Um, and some of this early footage of him on the court, he, it is spectacular and sets up what needs to happen in the first round, which is Lakers versus Pelicans. Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But next, Andy, we're going to go to baseball. John Shambi, ESPN, great broadcaster for ESPN, is going to join us, tell us what's been going on that for this first week of summer camp. We'll do that next Saturday morning. Happy Hour with Kim and Eskimo, Brothers, 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with the Cam Brothers. It was between the brothers, King. This is the Saturday Morning Happy Hour on 710 ESPN. All right, uh, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Baseball is back on the field this week with uh, summer camp. Uh, joining us right now to talk about what we've seen so far, John Shambi. Uh, who, according to Wikipedia, Andy, is an American sportscaster for ESPN. Uh, Wikipedia is never wrong, so there you go. That sounds like it gets it pretty well. Uh, Would you agree? I I need to change my Wikipedia page. I need to put some (laughs) some fake stuff on there and and spice it up a little bit because I'm not satisfied with that introduction. I'm not going to lie. It's not flashy. Your wiki page is kind of dull. I mean, if you should yeah. throw in a few very uh, fake, very controversial elements. It, it could be a better read. 
We went out one night and got uh, maybe had a couple of cocktails and had some steaks before Wednesday night baseball game. And Rick Sutcliffe was a dozen cores lights deep as the dessert course came <laughs> and sticks his fork into the carrot cake and takes a giant bite and then says, that's the best carrot cake I've ever had. And no one knows more about carrot cake than I do. And we proceeded, I believe it's still on there, to uh, hack his Wikipedia page and say, besides Rookie of the Year and Cy Young, he's also one of the nation's foremost experts on carrot cake. I believe that is still on. I'm checking. I'm looking it up right now. Hang on. I'm looking right now to see if it's I believe that that is correct. I think it's at the the end. Oh, no. no. I believe it's been removed. It's been taken down. I think you got to keep looking. I'm pretty sure it's there. I, the, the, the executive, wrong, the, the administrators of the Sutcliffe estate apparently did not like that. Good. The words, Lord, that's unacceptable. The, where, the words carrot and cake, neither one appear on his wiki page. All right, stand by. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll find this. I know it's there somewhere. If, if you need to call us back, it's okay. So, anyway, it's okay. <laughs> So what, what what did you make out of this first week of of players being back on the field? Um, man, I don't know. I, uh, I you know, look, I, I I think that the play I was surprised by how overt the players were with uh, with the fact that they were a little scared. Um, that was one of the things that jumped out at me, and. Um, and then seeing some of the uh, some of the uh, teams practicing and playing inter-squad games in an empty stadium with no sound whatsoever was just sort of hypnotic and also coma-inducing. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, okay, what do you think, though, is the solution with that? Like Anthony Rendon, for example, has already right. said that uh, piped-in noise he thinks is stupid. I mean, it was literally the word that he used. They said he he would rather have a silent ballpark than piped in music. So I mean, and then piped in uh, crowd noise. So would you go music? Would you? What would you try to simulate in terms of normalcy? I don't know what to tell you on that one. I I you know like the, the I know that talking to people who watch and then uh, some people that I know who work in the in the EPL, they say that since the restart, the players despise the lack of fans in the stands and the level of play has been, you know, markedly down. Um, I'm not sure what to tell you. I think you need it in order just because I think the players need some of those external cues that say, this is big. This is important. I still don't know that you're ever going to be able to simulate, you know, what it's really like. And I'm interested to see whether, you know, players have a take on whether it helps pitcher or batter the fact that, that extra juice isn't there. So I, I don't know how to solve it, to be honest with you. I don't think it's, it's, it's a solvable problem as it relates to right. getting it to where you want it or expect to have it. That's what I would say. Talking to John Shambi, uh, uh, broadcast baseball for ESPN. The, 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 like, ba- like with basketball, at least, with no crowd noise, there's something that, that a viewer can gain. Like you, you get to hear the defensive calls and the communication and all that kind of stuff. At the major league level, 
Like, is there something that as a, a, a watching these broadcasts with no fans where you could hear everything, is there something that I could gain as a viewer, like some insight there? Like, is there more, is there, what are these guys saying on the field? Well, I think, look, you couldn't do it for very long, but I think the one thing, if there was, if there was literally no sound, you'd hear how much guys talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if somebody throws a 55 a 55 foot pitch, somebody from the dugout is going to yell out, "How do you hold that?" You know, like <laughs> like what's your grip on that? You know what I mean? Like just stuff like that. It's just because baseball is constant in terms of needling, whether it's the needling the other team or your own guy. Um, so it would be super funny, super not clean. Um, so it it would be, uh, yeah, it would be entertaining. Do you think baseball actually would be willing to lean into some of that? Because I mean, compared to say the NBA, for example, it's not necessarily a league that I think looks to spotlight, uh, the personality of players as much. It's not necessarily, it's not a, it's not a loose league. But Not I mean, a lot this, of whimsy in baseball. But but like I mean, this, so, what this... I say, so what I would say to you though, it, like here's what I would say, and I don't know whether you, if, if you guys, we did a spring training game March first where we had Anthony Rent, we had Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant, Mike, and it was sensational. They were hilarious, and they had IFBs too, and it was, it, I mean, if you like Google that, it's it's some of the funniest stuff that you pop. Like Rizzo's talking as pitches are coming in, it was incredible. But, you know, you're not going to be able to, to – I'm not going to be able to talk to Anthony Rizzo when he's in a high-leverage spot. Right. And I think there's only so much you can do. I do think they, that, that one of the aspects that people get lost on is that it's not just the league. It's the players. I think yeah. we're mm-hmm. moving away from it, but it's the culture of the sport. Like, to me, baseball is the ultimate individual sport masquerading as a team sport. And because of that – there are all these things that we do to make it look like I'm for the team. And yet so many of the actions and things that you're doing are individual um, by nature of the competition. And so I just think that there's a culture created of don't stand out. Don't do look at me. That's always been frowned on. It's very white and conservative. And I think that, So when people say the league doesn't market its stars, it's one area where I'll take up for the league and say that the players are just as guilty of it as possible. Uh, There's a culture of, um, I mean, I think there's there's a nature of personality, but you know, we we when players don't want to be marketed, when they don't want to stand out from the other 24, 25 guys on their team, we can't make them. So I, I just and and I just think that. Um, it's something hopefully that will slowly change within the sport. But I, I don't know that it's an area where the players union has totally gotten it either. Uh, talking to John Shabby, who has, according to Wikipedia, worked extensively as a baseball play-by-play announcer. Um, when you know, a team like the Dodgers over 162 games is expected, was expected to run away with the, with the, with the West in the national league. Yeah. In this yeah. context, can you be as certain like that, that they're going to be that far ahead of, of the rest of the division? Well, they, they're not going to be as far ahead just because they're going to play well, sure, games. Right. But I still would say that, look, I don't know how you – because if you really parse what you're asking, and, I, and I've, 
look, I've had this. I, if I was in your shoes, I would, you know, you're asking some version of the same question, and that is, are there teams that are better suited for 60 games? What does 60 games change? And effectively what you're asking me is, do you have any idea who's going to play well when? Like, that's mm-hmm. what you're asking me. You're asking me who's going right. to get off to a good start. And all I can do is tell you who the good teams are, in my opinion. And in my opinion, the good teams are the Dodgers and the Yankees. Like, those are the two best teams. So, I don't. I understand why it's asked. Um, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I know that if it was a 162-game season, I have a better chance of being right. If it was a 300-game season, I have an even better chance of being right. Um, and I have less chance of being right because it's a 60-game season. But... I like my chances. The Dodgers are really talented. What in particular do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for Dave Roberts in terms of trying to uh, manage a season like this, even with the the talent that he has and the options that he has? You know, I don't know what you can do about it, but I think it's, it's intangible stuff. You know, like if, you know, if somebody tests positive that, you know, they're playing a um, one o'clock game, or something and and somebody tests positive they find out at 11 think about how that plays out it's not like everybody's but like what so a guy tests positive at 11 and it's a one o'clock game everybody on the team's texting their family calling their family and telling them hey should i play what do i do yeah all that and so there are those intangible things and then the other thing is i don't know how this happened but like that market baseball wise turned into this, like, the sky is falling place. Like, the Dodgers have had really good teams. They just haven't won, you know? Like, the Mm -hmm. Dodgers are better than the Nationals last year. They just lost. And I know that if you're a fan and you live and you die by it, it's really hard to accept. But they haven't been flawed. This idea of, like, they're not built for the postseason is not correct, in my opinion. They have a really good team. They just lost. I mean, the the Nationals last year – we're down two to nothing going to the fifth. And the first two guys got on base in the seven and eight spot. And Dave Roberts, or sorry, Dave Martinez let Steven Strasburg hit. They're down two nothing in an elimination game. And he let his pitcher hit, which is statistically and mathematically a really, really, really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and they won the game. And they won the game. Like, that's the stuff that happens in the postseason. I think the other part is in small sample sizes, I think that it can affect intangibles. How it'll play out, I don't know. But just, I guess, apply this to asking if something were to go wrong early, if they didn't play well, because they may not play well over, you know, a bit of a stretch. Um but, like, last year, the Mariners went 13-2 and two to start the year, and it was irrelevant. If the Mariners go 13-2 and two to start the year this year, they've effectively guaranteed themselves that they're going to contend for a playoff spot the entire season. Yeah, it's, And conversely, it's gonna be... if the Dodgers were to start for some who-knows-what reason and go 4-12, and 12, I mean, that's not happening. But if they were, they're putting themselves, despite great talent, in a really difficult spot. And then how do they handle that? So I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it, the guys at the Athletic, uh, Jason Stark and, and um, Eno Saris had a great thing up today that we'll talk about later in the show where uh, the Rockies last year, who were a bad baseball team, had one 60-game stretch where they were on pace to win 100 games. So str- strange things can happen this year. There's no question. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 
you know, the year, that, the year they played 163, you know, it, it never evened out. I mean, even the, when they played the 163 and beat the Rockies, I mean, look yep. at the Dodgers run differential versus the Rockies run differential versus the Diamondbacks run differential. Like the Diamondbacks were, were at least by the way they played by run differential, a better team than the Rockies. And the Rockies took the Dodgers to an extra game. Yeah, Andy and I are still upset that this 87 Twins, who are like the most ordinary World Series winning team in, in Major League history, beat our Cardinals. So we know how this goes. Hashtag uh, never I mean, forget, boo. Oh, my God. Let it go. What do you guys want, 11 <laughs> titles? I mean, good Lord. You know what would have been you know, better? You know, 12. Tw- 12. 12 is a be- oh. bigger number than 11, John. <laughs> yeah, way better. You know Plus, we had 85 yeah. to deal with in Denkinger. I mean, come on. We There's been oh, some suffering right. along the way. We've been through a I lot. Mean, let it go. Listen, listen, fun with math. You know what would be better can than we, 11, 12? Is that, that's it, right? You got to tweet that. You don't understand can we be, basic Can we grief. be blamed for relying on corporate espionage at that point? A lot of really hard things have happened to us. And so if we have to yeah. cheat a little bit, so be it. Um, that's all I'm saying. All right. Good enough. All right. <laughs> American sportscaster for ESPN, John Boogshabi. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we really appreciate it. You got it, boys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, go mess up uh, Sutcliffe's wiki page now. That's right. Please. I'm going to go do that. <laughs> I actually believe him. I, I do, too. I 100% believe him. Um, we should do this with Mina, by the way, because Mina's opening line on her wiki page when we have her on at 1030 is great. Okay. Um, hers Absolutely. Needs a refresher, to say the very least. Um, all, all right. right. So... Let's get into a little bit of what we were talking about with Boog and um, get you back to basketball as well. Some of the uh, also, too, if you want to weigh in on anything, uh, Boog said 877-710-ESPN. The best callers that we have will be rewarded a small star. Uh, May 15th, small star, small dash stars dot com launched their newest limited edition 2020 NBA small stars, including LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And we have figurines um, to give really out cool. for the best call. They're, they're 12 inches tall. They're, re- they're not like a little bobblehead or whatever. They're really, really cool. So definitely uh, 877-710-ESPN if you want to weigh in. Um, all right. So uh, react to uh, what, what Boog was talking about, and uh, we'll get to um, some other interesting statistical nuggets that could shape the baseball season this year. We'll do that next Saturday morning, happy hour, 710 ESPN. This is the Saturday morning happy hour on 710 ESPN. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. With the Cambros. said he was going to do it and he has i will now read you rick sutcliffe's wiki entry oh he already uh, did it the red baron is an american former major league baseball pitcher with the los angeles dodgers cleveland indians chicago cubs baltimore orioles and the st louis cardinals between 1976 and 1994 sutcliffe is currently a broadcaster for espn a right-hander sutcliffe was a three-time all-star he won the national league rookie of the year award in 1979 and the national league cy young award in 1984 he's also the foremost expert on carrot cake having once been quoted as saying no one knows more about carrot cake than me awesome Awesome. Boog is my hero that if he just did this. Awesome. That tells me two things. First, uh, Boog, it wasn't there before. We both looked at it. It was not there. It before. wasn't there. It was uh, not there. It says two things. Boog is a, a man of his word, 
Um, and also, it is really, really probably too easy to mess with people's wiki pages. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're meant to be edited by the people, correct? I mean, that, yes, that's, I've no, never that's edited a wiki page. There, there, is a, there is the potential for mischief, I think, is, is pretty oh, high here. Oh, absolutely. And I, mean, that's I think just... like, there are rules. Like, people go through it and like, flag things and fix things all the time. So, I don't know. If, if, if Sutcliffe doesn't like it, he's probably going to go back and have that removed. But, um, but, that, but then Google way, will just right go now. right back in. Yeah. He'll, he, should he'll just... a, he should like have an alert on his phone. Yeah, I mean, look, does this. one of them will outlast the other. We'll just see if it's Sutcliffe or Boog. So, you know, what he was talking about with with uh, the Dodgers this year, 877-710-ESPN, if you want to call in, is, is it is kind of like he's he is absolutely correct. Like the, the question that we're asking is essentially like, are the Dodgers going to play well at exactly the right time? Because over 162 games. It, it comes out in the wash, a two and five stretch, a three and 11 stretch. Like, yeah, okay, it happens and it sucks. And people panic over that when they're, when you're in the moment, Andy, but overall, you know, it's going to be balanced out by that stretch where they go 15 and two, like with it, you know, or whatever it might be. And it all, and in the end, the Dodgers win a hundred games and, and the division by a mile in 60 games, two, three and seven stretches could be enough to have some weird team jump over you. Like Padres are playing well or, or the diamondbacks are playing well. And both those teams are good enough to compete certainly in a shortened season. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the Dodgers and all these teams, the, the ones that really feel that they're in it, they're going to have to be focused a lot, but I think this is a team that's, they've been through a lot of late when it comes yes. to, opportunities that they feel were missed when it you know last year in the playoffs against the nationals they've had opportunities they feel were taken away from them like in the world series against the astros and especially in a in a season like this where it's going to be weird and you're going to be so hyper aware of all the circumstances making it weird i don't think it's going to be a season where a team like the dodgers lose focus or develop some type oh, of complacency. No, I, I don't think, I don't but think the reason I, the reason I say that, problem. right, yeah. but the reason I say that, though, there, there's a reason I'm going there, is because a couple years ago, the Dodgers had a really slow start, and they ended up running away with the division like they always do, and they, they ended up cranking it up another notch, but they all admitted it was kind of this collective malaise, and, you know, they just, they were not really dialed in as a team to begin and that ultimately accounted for that slow start. And that's really the only thing that can kind of tangibly create that sort of start when you're talking about a team with that much talent. I mean, when you're yeah, talking about I mean, a team should, with that much talent, be. that that many options, you know, save something like injury or COVID tests, because all of the mm -hmm. other weirdness that that the Dodgers are going to be dealing with, all these other teams are going to be dealing with. They're oh, all sure. going to be dealing with the exact same things. It'll just, we'll just find out. We'll just find out if certain things, like certain advantages, we'll see 10 games and, oh, okay, with this rule or the way this plays out, like this advantage that we thought for Team X is actually not as big of a deal. This disadvantage we thought for Team Y is actually not as big a deal. And, and it's going to shake out slightly differently what makes teams really good in this setup with a short spring training and all that other stuff. Um, 877-710-ESPN is a number we'll, we'll keep in on, on this because this, this season could produce some really strange statistical 
uh, things, and we'll tell you a little bit more about what the NBA is doing that other leagues are not that's going to help them out. We'll do that next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Saturday morning, happy hour, 710 ESPN.